0: bless the Lord this morning. We thank Him for His goodness and His kindness that we have found in Him. We thank Him for loving us and it's our prayer that we will love Him back in response in every way. I want us to pray for a moment and bless His holy name. And ask that by His Spirit, He would guide us. He would touch us. He would give us what we need for the next step we must take. Lift up your voice and begin to pray as we thank the Lord. And we say, Lord, everything you are to me, and you are my everything. Lift up your voice and thank Him. Ask Him that by His Spirit, by His Spirit, An encounter with him would give you what is needed for your next step. You will not be lacking. You will not go back. Whatever has kept you bound, whatever you have struggled with that you believe is preventing you from going forward, you are asking, Lord, today as your word comes, let me receive my answer. Let me receive my power. Let me receive my light. Let me receive my clarity. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We bless your name. We magnify you. We exalt you. We give you praise. We say that there is nothing like you. There's none like you. You alone are God, and you have loved us and have called us by your own. We ask that today, by your Spirit, everything will be different, change in our lives, Give us what we need. Give us the strength to step forward. Give us the wisdom to navigate the difficult parts of life. Show us the light to give us direction. Oh Lord, strengthen us in our inner mind. That we would have the mind and the courage to say We thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, you are everything for us thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good. So, we want to continue from where we left off. For the past two, is it two weeks or three weeks, I've been sharing with you about the important thing that Jesus said to us. When he said the commandment that God has given to us is this that we love God with all our heart, that we love him with all our soul, that we love him with all our strength. And the second one is like unto this that we love our neighbor as ourselves. Hallelujah. And I've progressed from there to explain to us that. To love God would demand us to serve him. To love God would demand us to serve him. Because it is in serving him that we are able to express our love for him. It is in serving him that we are able to prove to ourselves and demonstrate to all that we love God. You see, when Jesus was about to go to the cross, I think in John chapter fourteen, verse thirty one, John fourteen, verse thirty, thirty one, he says, Herein after. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you. For the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father. And as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence in other words you see so jesus is proving to us you know remember that earlier on jesus has said that the person who loves me will keep my commandment so he's proving to us that he loves god and he said as the father has given me commandment even so i do in other words I'm proving to you and to all that by serving the will of the Father, which is for me to die on the cross for sinners to be saved. It's not, I'm dying on the cross, not because I have done anything wrong. That's what he meant by the prince of this world cometh, but has nothing in me. The prince of this world has no legal right, has nothing to hold against me. But I'm still going to die on the cross for the sins. Not of mine, but of the people that God loves. To show you that I love God. So I'm going to serve God's interest. I'm going to serve God's purpose. On the the cross. As evidence of my love for him. And so I'm explaining that, you see, if we are to keep the commandment of loving God with all our heart, with our everything, as he demands of us, then we have to serve him. We have to serve him. Not, you see, we have defined love in a different way. The world has deceived us to see romance as loving. But romance is different from love. And I keep on saying it, that romance is different from love. Now, in, in the words of Jesus, to love God means to serve him. And so I'm going to serve him. He says I should die. That's what he wants. So I'm going to do it. And he went on the cross to prove that he loves God. And in the same way, you are not going to love God by your own standards you can't come up with what you think is love and say god for me this is the way i want to love you no this love is there's a standard for love as defined by the creator and by the giver of life and therefore we cannot we cannot we cannot say we love god and not serve him that's why I went on to say that serving God is not optional. It's not because I want to or I don't want to. If I say I love God, I must serve him, period. There's no option. And then I went on to explain that, you see, you cannot serve God. You cannot serve God or you cannot love God by your flesh or by your carnal nature, because we read last week that the carnal nature is contrary to the spirit, and the carnal nature will not obey God. I think in Romans chapter 8, verse 7. It says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. The law of God is love. love me, God, with all your heart. And love your neighbor as yourself. But but the Bible is telling us that the carnal mind is against God. It's not subject. It doesn't obey the law. Neither can it be. He doesn't do it, and he doesn't have the power to do it. So if God is commanding us to love him, then he's not commanding us to love him with our carnal nature. Because to command us to love him with our carnal nature, and yet he knows that our carnal nature doesn't have the ability to and wouldn't do it, is to give us a commandment that we cannot obey. But the Bible tells us that God in his mercy, when he received us back to himself by way of forgiving us our spirit, sorry, by by way of forgiving us our sins, he brought back to life again what has the ability to... To obey him. What has the ability to keep his commandment. And that is our spirit. That is why Jesus said you must be born again. You must be born again. Because if you are not born again. You cannot be found to be loving God. You cannot be found to be obedient to God. You cannot keep his commandment. And by not keeping his commandment. And by not obeying him. You will be excluded from his kingdom. Hallelujah. So it's, Jesus said, except a man be born again, you must be born again to be able to enter into the kingdom and to be able to obey him. Amen. And by being born again, it is our spirit that is born again. Because Nicodemus asked, how can I be born again? Does it mean that I have to go back into my mother's womb and be born again, seeing that I'm old? And Jesus said, no, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. So you see, I'm taking my time to explain to us what is expected of us. So that our attention will be focused and our efforts will be directed at what is expected of us. So that we will not miss the point. Because too many of us Christians are missing the point and continually missing the point. Because as pastors, we are directed and we tend to allow ourselves to be affected by your needs. Not by what God expects of us. But the Lord is delivering us by these messages that are coming to us. So I want you to receive it. And I want you to receive it well into your spirit, so that it will be a blessing to your life. Amen. So we are pressing on in understanding and in what we must do for God to bless us. So the first, I mean, the the, the point I have made so far is that we have to keep God's commandment, which is to love him and to love our neighbor. And to do that, it's to actually serve him and we cannot serve God without, without serving him in our neighbors. It is your neighbor that gives you the opportunity to serve God. And when I say neighbor, I don't mean your next door, the person who stays next door to you. But anybody that you come into contact with that needs help from you or that could benefit with your, 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 your life or any good thing that is in you, it's a neighbor. So stop thinking about neighbor as in terms of the one who stays next to your house. The one who stays next to your house is part of your neighbors. neighbors. But everybody you meet and everybody you interact with is a neighbor to you. And you are a neighbor to that person. Amen. Good. So having said that and having pointed out that it is with our spirit that we can serve god and you see i'm not saying something that i'm just imagining when the samaritan woman asked jesus about a place of worship in john chapter 4 jesus explained to her that it's now time now is the hour now is the time When all those who worship God shall worship him in spirit and in truth. That's 23. You see, the woman asked her about worship in terms of which particular place, which particular place is there supposed to be worship? is my video on because i can't see my video which particular place is there supposed to be worship hallelujah and jesus explained to the samaritan woman that the season has moved from a particular place to into the spirit you see once upon a time when god was was training us and bringing us up to know him the worship was in a particular place but now it is moving from a particular place into the spirit, the worship of God, the serving of God, the loving of God, the working with God. The obedience of God now is moving from the flesh into the spirit. Amen. So it says that, but the hour cometh, verse 23 of John chapter 4, But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Hallelujah. God is a spirit. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You know, here lies a deep revelation. And by the way, by the way, you see, what coronavirus is doing for us is taking, is giving us an opportunity to go away from the deceptive mindset Of God being in a particular place. Which we call church. To making us aware. That we can walk with God. And we can worship God. And fellowship with God. Anywhere we are. And everywhere. Because once upon a time. I wouldn't be standing in a studio. I would be in a place called church. And I would have all of you gathered. From different locations and everything. But now, it's like, listen, that is not the essence. That is not essential. The real thing is you hearing his word and having his word in your spirit and communing with him and allowing him to commune with you in your spirit. And your spirit, is is, it doesn't need a place. Your spirit doesn't need a place. So let us, I believe that we should take this opportunity to grow in how to worship and to walk with God without particular reference to a place. I said without particular reference to a place. And I tell you, it will cause us to go higher. It will cause us to be more truthful. It will cause us to be more upright in our walk with God. Because once we become conscious that everywhere I am, God is there, Satan will struggle to deceive you. I said once we become conscious that everywhere I am, God is there. Satan will struggle to deceive you. Because you see, most of us, when we go to a place called church, we are able to do what we struggle to do even at home. Such as, such as, even sit quietly, such as not put, not misbehave and all those things, such as even able to keep our calm even when provoked. Why are we able to do so? We are able to do so because we are conscious of where we are. That where we are is supposed to have God's presence with us. So we behave decently. We behave respectfully. And the things that overpower us are not able to overpower us at that place. But you see, it is not the place it is not a place. It is you becoming conscious of God's presence. That is why Satan is not able to motivate you and stir you up. So in the same way, as now, coronavirus is preventing us from meeting in a particular place, you are gradually getting an opportunity to be conscious that God is everywhere. God is everywhere. And gradually, you'll be surprised the power that will be released into your life when we become conscious that God is everywhere, you will commune with him all the time. You will, you will be guided by his presence all the time and many things. Amen. That's also another subject that we'll talk about. But I'm just saying this to encourage you. I said, I'm just saying this to encourage you that don't have a mind that I'm waiting for church. Church is, what, church is now. And church would always be now. Whether you go to a place and don't have a mind that I'm in the house. Your house is a church because the spirit of the Lord is present and is with you. And the spirit of the Lord will commune with your spirit. And your spirit doesn't need a particular place. Neither does the spirit of God need a particular place. So remember this. Remember this and let it guide you so that you are conscious of God's presence with you. Even when you are sleeping, even when you are driving, wherever you are, God is present with you. Amen. By his spirit. Good. So having learned and understood. That it is with our spirit. That we serve God. It is with our spirit. That we obey God. It is with our spirit. That we, we, we even do. Fruitful works. And it is by the spirit of God. That the love. That is demanded of us. From God. Will be born in us. We saw in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. The first thing is love, joy, peace, and all the nice things that go with it. So you see, as the Holy Spirit works in your spirit, do you get it? As the Holy Spirit works in your spirit, you are going to have the fruit that you need, which is the fruit of love. So you'll be, your love will be abounding in you. And therefore, walking in love towards God Walking in love towards your neighbor is going to be an easy thing. It's not going to be a struggle because you are not not operating from the flesh. You'll be operating from the spirit. The other thing I want to mention to you is that, you see, many of us see our weaknesses. Many of us, and we do have a lot of gaps, a lot of flaws in our carnal nature. I mean, our flesh desires a lot of things our minds, our canal minds are very polluted with pornography and, you you know what, these days I don't want to mention those things anymore. I just want to keep it aside. But you know how we are. You know how we are. Some of us, our flesh has tasted things that is now making us not able to stay quiet and all those things. Now, you see, therefore, listen, if you operate... In your carnal nature, what, what I mean, your flesh, your natural self, there would always be opportunity for Satan to enter and to fight you and to resist you in many ways. But you see, if you develop your spirit and your life is operated from your spirit, listen carefully. There are two places you can operate your life from. Either from the flesh or from your spirit. Now, operating your life from your flesh is is giving the advantage over to Satan. Because your flesh has so many gaps, so many loopholes, so many flaws, so many broken doors. By which Satan can enter in and out freely. But you see, your spirit, your spirit has no flaws. I said your spirit has no weaknesses. Your spirit has no weaknesses that Satan can access. Your spirit hears clearly from the Holy Spirit. Your spirit obeys God. Your reborn spirit does everything that God wants you to do with the help of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, a person who operates their lives from the spirit has made Satan, or or let me put it this way, a person who operates their life from the spirit has overcome the weaknesses of the flesh. Because Satan enters your life through the weaknesses of the flesh. So when you take your life from operating from the flesh to operating in the spirit, you have gone to an altitude that Satan's works cannot come. They cannot succeed. Yes. That is why in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. You see, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 talks about the Spirit and how we are, we are to receive through our spirit the things of God. Amen. It talks about the Spirit and how we are to receive through our spirit the things of God and explains that the things of God can, cannot be received in the flesh. But the verse fourteen of First Corinthians chapter two talks about the man who is spiritual. Please, can I have it on the screen? It says, "But but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them, because they." are spiritually descend, Verse 15. But he, but he, but he, that is spiritual. In other, but he that operates his life from the spirit judges all things. Yet he himself is judge of no man. Now, can I get another translation that will help you to understand? Give us a simpler translation. It says, but the natural man, sorry, but the spiritual man, the spiritually mature Christian, judges all things. In other words, questions, examines, applies what the Holy Spirit reveals, yet he himself is judged by no one. The unbeliever cannot judge him. And, and understand the believer's spiritual maturity or spiritual nature. In other words, you see, what, what this verse is trying to say to us or is bringing out to us, uh, when you operate in the spirit, you have an advantage. You have an advantage where you see things for what they are and you are able to do the right thing that you are expected to do. When you are Can you get me another translation, another simpler translation? You are, you are able to do the right thing that is expected of you yet yet no man is able to find fault with you because you are not operating according to your flesh you are not operating everyone who has a spirit can judge others no give me another another maybe give me a, the message bible what does the message bible say If you have. It says. The unspiritual self. Just as it is by nature. Can't receive the gifts of the, Holy, the God spirit. There is no capacity for them. They seem like so much silliness. Spirit can be known only by spirit. God spirit and our spirit are in open communion spiritually alive, we have access to everything God's spirit is doing and can can't be judged by unspiritual critics. Isaiah's questions, is there anyone around you who knows God's spirit? Anyone who knows what God is doing has been answered. Christ knows and we have Christ's spirit. You get it? So what happens is that the Lord showed me as I was meditating on the word that you see your carnal kind of nature has weaknesses because your carnal kind of nature sometimes responds to things inappropriately with anger, with so many other things. Sometimes you somebody makes a statement and you don't understand it and you get angry over it. And so, look, anybody who operates in the flesh, carnal kind of nature, you are bound to have mistakes, so many wrong actions and things. Because even sometimes when somebody is being good to you, you can misjudge it. And respond in a very negative way. But you see, so so when you operate in your carnal nature, you are likely to make so many mistakes. But when you take your operation to your spiritual nature and you are governed always by your spirit, what happens that you can't be tricked? Because you see, your spirit knows everything. Your spirit knows when when Satan is trying to play a trick on you. So he will respond appropriately. So your spirit cannot be deceived. I said your spirit cannot be deceived. Your spirit cannot be seduced by Satan. Hallelujah. So listen, there's every reason why you must operate in the spirit. There's every reason why you must give attention to your spiritual growth hallelujah. Now, now, why is it that a lot of us don't give that attention? Why is it that a lot of us don't give that attention? This is my answer. Either a lot of us don't believe or a lot of us are lazy. Either a lot of us don't believe or a lot of us are just lazy. You see, when you don't believe in something, you will not make an effort towards it even though you have the capacity to make an effort towards it. Now, when you believe in something but you are lazy, you know what to do but laziness overpowers you. And and if you ask me, if you ask me, having pastored you for a long time and having observed you and having listened to you talk, I only have one conclusion. You are lazy. Yes. You are lazy. And you see, most of us embrace laziness because we don't know the damaging effect of laziness. You see, because you don't know what treasure is in you and who you are, you allow laziness to to, through the working of the enemy. You allow laziness to deceive you and to rob you of the greatness that is in you. Oh, yes. You see, the man with one talent had only one talent to work with. The man with ten talents had to attend to ten talents. The man with five talents had to attend with five to five talents. Funny enough, they all did their best I said, they all put to use all the ten talents. Now, isn't it strange? Isn't it strange that the one with only one talent is the one who didn't do anything? Now, the response of the master to that person, the one talent man, was that of wickedness and laziness and slothfulness. You see, he thought he had a reason not to do what was expected of him. Please, can you give me that parable? I think Matthew 20-something. He thought he had a reason. 25, yes. Now, no, no just, just go to the last portion, the last portion of the one with the one talent and what the master said to him. You see, God judged him as wicked and lazy. God ju- you see, for not bringing or putting to use, making manifest the gift, the talent that has been given to him. You see, he was judged as wicked and lazy. He, he gave his reasons. But you see, behind the reasons was the wickedness and the laziness. Many of us will be surprised. I pray for you that this will not be your judgment in Jesus' name. May you wake up before your time is over. To develop the treasure of God in you. You see, most of us, if not all of us, seated there, the Bible describes us as greater than the greatest of men, or the greater than the greatest of things that are born of women, or born. Yeah, Jesus said of John the Baptist in John chapter eleven, sorry, Matthew chapter eleven. Verse 11, Jesus said of John the Baptist that there's no there's nobody that is born of a woman greater than John the Baptist. You see, in the estimates of God, among the human beings that have lived, among them that are born of the flesh, The ba- Jesus God himself speaking as Jesus says John the Baptist is the greatest but he says that in the kingdom of heaven I said he says in the kingdom of heaven the least is greater than John the Baptist no give me that verse give me that verse again I just want to read that portion. He says, notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Now, I don't know what God uses in measuring greatness. But whatever God uses, what God is saying is that you who are born again, who belongs to the kingdom of heaven, is greater than the greatest of Men born of a woman. So if your life doesn't reflect this greatness, it is a sad thing. It is a sad thing. Because you are great, but you never express it. You never live to express it. And you can be judged. You'll be surprised that you can stand before God and be judged as wicked. Because what was supposed to come out of your life to be a blessing to humanity, to be a blessing for whom God so loved and gave His only begotten son, it never came out of your life. And the only reason, the the true reason, not the only, the true reason is your laziness. Many of us advance reasons like my work, my children, busy at work, but the bottom line is that you are lazy. You see, it is when you are lazy that your time gets limited. It's when you are lazy that you don't move when you have to move. It's when you are lazy that you don't wake up when you have to wake up. And be careful, be careful that you don't, we, you don't come out as Esau. Because you see, Esau did not respect did not regard what was given to him to cause him to be a blessing for his, his all, all his generations. The birthright, the child being the firstborn, is a blessing God gives to the firstborn that is like the first child that, openings, that opens the womb. It's mine. It's mine. it's a blessing but you see Esau did not value that blessing at the end of the day he gave it up to his younger brother now i know that when we read the bible many of us don't think of ourselves as Esau's but you see laziness can bring you to the same destination where through laziness the gift of god the treasure of god the holy spirit You see, through laziness, you block the Holy Spirit from working through your spirit to bless other people. Yes. I said, through laziness, you block the Holy Spirit from working through your spirit to bless other people. Christ is being preached to us today because people in whom the Holy Spirit worked Allow the Holy Spirit to work through them so that Christ will be known all over. Yes. And I'm telling you that you are no, there's, you are no less, let me put it this way, you are no less than the other people through whom the Holy Spirit has worked. The only difference is that your laziness is the, is the stopper. I said your laziness is the stopper because every form of deception, every form of lies that is operating in your life is because your laziness has not allowed you, allowed you to come in contact with the truth. The only reason why there's, why, why there's darkness in your life and therefore the works of darkness are present in your life is because of your laziness that has prevented you from allowing the light to come into your life. And unfortunately, many of us don't see laziness for what it is. But I just feel in my spirit, I should address this to you in particular. And the reason why I'm saying what I'm saying is that because I can see the greatness. I can see the treasure of God in you. And my duty as a shepherd is to help the treasure to come out of your life. You may, you see, like like the the slothful servant. You see, he thought he had a reason, and in fact, he gave his reasons. He said, I know thee, thou art an austere man reaping where you have not sown. Please give me that verse. He said, I know thee, thou art an austere man reaping where you have not sown. Therefore, I was afraid and I hate your talent. Take take us back to what he said to the, to the master. Verse twenty four. He says, "I know you." Verse twenty four. He said, "I know thee." Thou art a hard man. Other versions say, "Thou art an austere man." Reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. You see, he thought he had a reason. I said he thought he had a reason, and he was called. You see, that he could say it meant that he believed his action is justified by his reason. And many of us, the reasons we give, we give it to ourselves and to others because we feel that our actions are justified by the reasons we have. But you see, the bottom line is that he was lazy and wicked. Or wicked and lazy. Now, you're not developing your spirit so that the Holy Spirit will manifest the works of God through your life and be a blessing to you, be a blessing to your children, be a blessing to your relatives, be a blessing to so many other people that Christ died for, it's it's because you are lazy. And you have not seen laziness for what it is. But you see, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter, I think, 18, verse 9. The Bible describes you who is lazy. He compares you. You say, he also that is slothful in his work is a brother to him that is a great waster. It's a brother. They are related. You say, he also that is slothful in his work is a brother to him that is a great waster. Most of us have not seen laziness for what it is. I said, most of us have not seen laziness for what it is. Therefore, we keep on working in it and allowing it to operate in our lives. But through laziness, Satan is making you be declared as a waster. Because, you see, through laziness, the Holy Spirit will not bear fruit in you. It's not because the Holy Spirit is barren, but it's because you have blocked it from bearing fruit in you. Yes. So uh, and you see let me say this to you. Why, why 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 is laziness a problem? Laziness is a problem. And it's stopping you from becoming what you are. L- 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 don't don't, don't. Yeah, let me say it. laziness is stopping you from manifesting what you are. You are a light but laziness is stopping you from manifesting the light that you are. You are salt but laziness is stopping you from manifesting the preservative ability that is in you. And 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 you feel you you don't you don't see it but that is what it is. Through your laziness many things are stopping. Many things are not happening. And why why is it so? Why is it so? Why is laziness becoming an issue? Laziness is becoming an issue because, listen to me, listen to me carefully. The environment in which we are here on earth is a hostile environment. It's it's the enemy's territory. Now, to survive, to survive will call upon us to make adjustments. Hallelujah. To survive will call upon us to make adjustments. Now, laziness stops the adjustments from happening. But you see, when you look at the snake, when you look at the snake, the wisdom of the snake is that it adjusts itself according to the environment. First of all, depending on the color that it is giving, it moves to stay in an environment that blends with its color. So that it is, not, it is not conspicuous. So that it is not conspicuous. That's his wisdom. That if the people see me, they will kill me. And if my food sees me, they will run away. Because snakes don't eat vegetables. They don't eat rice. They don't eat pap. Hello? They don't eat uh, broccoli. Some of you are like snakes. You don't like vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but you see, listen. The things the snakes eat the things move. The fruit of the snake, the rats and the other things have the ability to shift positions. So you see, for the snake to have food to eat, it has to make adjustments. So it stays in an environment where it's color that God has given to it. Or its color that it's created with blends with the environment. That's number one. Number two, snakes are cold blooded. So the temperature of the environment affects them. So they also make adjustments. I said they make adjustments, they eat in preparation for the time when they can't go out. So in in summer, when they are sensing the season is changing, they tend to eat a lot to store for winter when the temperatures will change so that they can't go out because they are cold-blooded. So when the temperatures are low, their movement is slow. And that is a danger. It's slow. So when you are slow, the enemy will see you and run away from you. And when you are slow, you will also be visible and be killed. You can't hide quickly when you are spotted. So they know all this. So in, in winter, they have prepared for winter. By doing things in summer, that helps them. You see, listen, listen. What I'm saying as I'm speaking now, the Holy Spirit is showing me Proverbs 6, verse 6. Where the sluggard is advised. An advice is given to the sluggard. He said, go to the ant, thou sluggard." Oh, please, can we get another version? Because sluggard, slothful, it's almost like... No, no, please, don't don't give me this. This version doesn't really tell me what I need. Give me another version. (laughs) Take a lesson from the ants you lazy bones which people should take a lesson from the ants lazy bones learn from their ways and become wise what do they do what do they do what ways do they have verse 7 though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work you see, because they are not lazy, they don't need anybody to tell them to work. They look at the evil ahead. They know that I need to make adjustments. I need to prepare for seasons when I cannot move. Instead of saying that I have no food in winter because the temperatures are low, they, they make a move when they can. They adjust themselves to prepare for the season when they can't go. Now, wh- wh- why am I saying this? Why am I saying this? I'm saying this because a lot of you have this excuse. Eh, Bishop, you see my work. Eh, Bishop, I have a, I know my, my thesis, my this, My I had to submit assignment. Yes, go on. Continue. As I continue your list, you can type it on the Zoom. Give me your list because me, I've finished my list. I said, continue your list. You know your list, yeah. Read it. Continue. Write it. Tell me, tell me what you what are your list. I have children. I have this. I have that. Listen, listen to me. Having those reasons, the only reason why those reasons are appealing to you is because you are lazy. That, that's, that's, the, that's the whole thing. And, and you see, some of us, our laziness is so strong Than seven men, that can render a reason. I think Proverbs, Proverbs addresses you a lot. I said, Proverbs talks to you a lot. And of course, talks to me as well. There's, there's a verse in proverbs that says that 26 is it 26 26 sixteen that says that the sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render a reason uh, give give me give me you see the the bible says the lazy person consider themselves smarter than seven wise counselors. But you see, but you see, the same chapter, a few verses earlier, I think verse 14, it says that the person who is wise in his own conceit, there is more hope for a fool than that person. Read it, write the, put the verse 14 there. No, no, is it verse 14? They, they say that, our 12, one of them, seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? Seest a man who seemed to be clever in his own eyes? The Bible says that there's more hope for a fool than him. So a sluggard person, you see, this verse, it precludes or it comes before the sluggard who is wise in his own conceit. I, I wish you could put these two, the two verses, 12 and, and 16, together. And just on the same screen for me. It says, seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There's more hope for a fool than that, than him. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that the sluggard is wise in his own conceit. So in other words, a lazy person, there's more hope for a fool than for a lazy person. So listen to me. Laziness is going to bring you to the class of Esau. Laziness is going to take you lower than a fool. Rise up in the name of Jesus and ask God for strength. And do the act, you see, the light in you will shine. The power of God in you will manifest. The works of God in you will show for all to see that God is good. Your life will bring glory to God and praise to his name all the days of your life. If only you will rise up. And deal with laziness the way you have to deal with it. Because laziness is what is making the difficulties of the environment keep you at bay. Yeah. Laziness. I said laziness is what is making the hostility of the environment work against you. That is why, that is why I said The people that I want to have a meeting with to talk more about the preaching, to give more understanding, more light. Because listen, what I'm saying to you, I can explain to you with about a thousand different examples, using different verses of the Bible, so that whichever example you can understand will work for you. But I can't do that in one hour. I can't do that in one. So those that are willing and are not lazy. I'm willing to meet them at 3 a.m. Oh, yes. But what what do I see? I see that a lot of you are lazy because ask questions. Is it that you don't understand the preaching or is it that you you can't see a question to ask about how to implement? But again, it is your laziness. I can't wake up at 3 a.m. 3 a.m., I'm sleeping. I want to sleep at 3 a.m. Meanwhile, if you were to do foolish things, 3 a.m. you'll be awake. Some of you will be awake all night. Hallelujah. Please don't, don't let me be myself. Today, I'm preaching as a pastor. Are you with me? I'm preaching as a pastor and I want to be a pastor. Listen, I challenge you to deal with the laziness that is working against you. I said I challenge you to deal with the laziness that is working on. Because the laziness is taking you into a wrong category. But I know that in you is the ability to overcome everything that is thrown at you. Because the Bible says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And the Bible also tells we are more than conquerors through Christ. You see, through Christ, I can do all things. Look, through Christ, you can wake up and make the necessary adjustment to read your Bible and to pray. Because the only reason why sin is present and still all the time present in your life is because you don't pray enough. You don't spend time to pray. You don't spend time to read your word. You don't do many of the things that you should do that will bring the light of the gospel, the power of the Holy Spirit into your life. And the reason why you are not able to do enough is the excuses you make. The root cause of that excuse is laziness. Today, I pray against it. And I release you from every deceptive way of the enemy that is operating in your life through the back door of laziness. Presenting yourself with excuses and reasons you shall no longer be lazy. I said, you shall no longer be lazy, but you shall rise up with strength. I said, you shall rise up with strength and the gift of God, the talent, the goodness of God, the Holy Spirit, the power of God, that work in Christ will work in your life. And through your life, you will be blessed and you will be a blessing unto many. Through you, I see your community changing. Through you, I see idol worshipers throwing away idols and bowing to Jesus through your life. If Satan thought he had you, he's lying. God is sending forth his spirit to deliver you from every chain, from every hold of the enemy. As you you wait on the Lord, I said, as you wait on the Lord, you shall mount up with wings as eagles. You shall run and you will not be weary. You shall go forth with power and with anointing. Where they said you are useless, they will have to change your word and they will say God is with you. They will have to thank God for your life. They will say, where they said we don't need you, they will say to you, you are worth more than 10,000 of us and therefore we must protect you. Lift up your voice and thank the Lord as we bring the service to a close. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Marco Lord, I thirst for you. I long to worship you. I long to walk with you. You are my heart desire. Be the center of my life, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Set us free. Every lazy spirit that is operating through excuses, through reasons. Lord, I make it ineffective in the name of Jesus. It it ceases to have power over us. By the working of your Holy Spirit in us, we shall rise up with strength. We shall make the adjustment. If our work prevents us from having time during the day, we will rise up in the night. If our work prevents us from having time in the night, we will make time available in the day. Thank you that we are not distracted by many little things. We will not give ourselves to uselessness, watching television and other things. That takes away the precious moments with which to develop our spirit. Lord, as your word has revealed to us, the one who operates in the spirit judges all things, and yet he himself is not judged. Therefore, we seek to operate in the spirit. For such are the people you seek, and that is what we want to be. Grant us the grace to be so. That we may worship you in truth and in spirit. I pray against every demonic, every ancestral curse, every operative spirit that is contrary to your Holy Spirit working in our lives that intends to make us useless. Lord, we overcome it. We escape from it by the works and the power of the Holy Spirit. We walk in the brightness, in the glory that you have destined for our lives. We shall be a blessing. We shall be a blessing. We shall be a people that please you. We shall be a people that brings smile to your face. We shall be a people that you boast about, that you testify to the demonic world. May, May our names be mentioned to the enemy. Have you considered my servant who hates evil and loves me with all their heart? Thank you, Father. Deliver us from evil. Keep us safe. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. As every head is bowed and every eye closed. Listen, Jesus said, you must be born again. Being born again is the, is the first step to the power of God that is available for your life to be great, to do exploits in God's kingdom whilst you are here on earth. God loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him, should not perish, but have eternal life. This is what God has done for you. By loving you, he sent for Jesus that we believe in him as a son of God, as a Messiah, as a Savior. Being born again is not for a particular group of Christians. It's a necessity if you want to be with God. Jesus is the only way by which we can be with God. Jesus is the only way by which we can have peace with God through the forgiveness of our sins. And Jesus is the only way by which we can have victory in this world against Satan. Therefore, I plead with you and I I ask you to give your life to Jesus Christ, to receive him as your Lord and Savior, and to pledge your commitment to walk with him all the days of our lives, to let him be the Lord of your life and to obey his word. He will help you as you make this decision. Let us pray. If you are making this decision, please pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this moment. I I acknowledge my sins. I know I have been a rebel. I've walked my own way. But today I come to you, submitting to you as my God. And asking for the forgiveness of my sins. I received Jesus Christ as your son. Who came to die for my sins. He rose again on the third day seated at your right hand by this prayer jesus i receive you into my heart as my lord and as my savior i ask you to baptize me with your holy spirit that i may live and walk with you all the days of my life thank you for loving me thank you for dying for me in your name jesus i have prayed this prayer amen father let your hand rest upon those that have confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Let them see that it's not just a confession, but it's a spiritual step into the kingdom of heaven. Manifest your power in their lives and let them know that it is true and Jesus is real. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. We believe you've been blessed by this message. To stay connected, follow our LCI social media platforms.